0: This is the Otaku Nate Show, Episode 4 Kakegurui. Are we sure this show is about gambling?
1: One, two, one.
0: What is up, anime fans? Otaku Nate here with another installment of the Otaku Nate Show, the anime podcast where we talk about anime that we want to talk about. Joining me this week is Justin Young. Hey! And new to the podcast, introduce yourselves, new co hosts.
2: I'm Bjorn. Hi, I'm Jordan. Hello. Uh, Good to be on the podcast. I'm excited.
0: And today we are going to be talking about Kakegurui, a Netflix original anime. And we mean that in the traditional sense of the word, not the way Netflix uses anime. Oh, that documentary will have its day on this show. Kakegurui. This was released in 2017 by MAPPA with the second season coming out in 2019, I believe. It was based on a manga by Homura Kawato and Toru Naomura. The director of this is Yuichiro Hayashi, who directed Garo the Animation, and is currently directing Doro, which is also a Netflix original anime. But the one credit on this show that pops out to me the most is The Writer. This was written by Yasuko Kobayashi. Do any of you know
3: who that is? I feel like I should know. Well, she ha- uh, yeah, Bjorn. Do you know? I actually just clicked on her name, and and and, and she does a lot of common writer. Also, she was the serious composition writer for Attack on Titan, Galaxy Angel. Oh, she did the serious composition for Dororo. Don't forget her most important credit. I actually don't know which would that be.
1: Motherfucking Jojo! Wait, oh. What? <laughs> so she well. essentially wrote a lot of my favorite anime. In short. Hey, she also
0: oh, wrote. So explains a lot of the stances. Hey, she also wrote Witchblade, which I will defend that show to the grave. Mm-hmm. Your dub on
1: is actually really damn good.
0: For Witchblade. Yeah. So we've got some pretty talented staff on board. So, who wishes to explain the premise for Kakegurui? Gambling. Yeah. Gambling.
1: Gambling. Uh? It's...
3: Yeah, like, basically, like, kind of like the show show is, is that the setup is that there's a school that has its main function, almost, it seems, is to teach students how to gamble real good. Um, (laughs) 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 Oh, so this
0: is Yu-Gi-Oh! GX for adults?
3: I I wouldn't describe it like that at all. It's more of like the first, basically the system is like, if you're good at gambling, you get good rewards. You're bad at gambling. You're just kind of treated like absolute dog shit, just to say it lightly. But then like the main character is Kumiko, right? Yumiko. Um, Yumiko. Yumiko. uh, Yumiko. Jumiko, Jumiko, Uh, she comes in and kind of disrupts the system, more or less, just by kind of, like, being really, really into gambling.
0: Oh, yeah. Really, really into gambling.
3: So,
1: (sighs) there's supposed to be a roll R when I tried to say really. That didn't come out.
0: So, yeah, that's pretty much the premise. Kakegurui (laughs) takes place at Hyakau Academy, a school that teaches children how to play children's card ga- I mean, a school where everything is centered around gambling. You play your cards right, you're in good with the student council. Play them wrong and you get labeled as a house pet. And here's the difference between the sub and the dub. The boy house pets are called bochi or pochi. Is it bochi or pochi? It's pochi. The male house pets are called pochi. And the female house pets are called Mike. In the dub, the males are referred to as Fido, and the girls as Mit.
3: To be fair, that's a good equivalence. Uh, yeah, like, th-
0: I assumed that both Pochi and Miki were common names for dogs and cats, respectively.
3: Very common. Like, it, it's actually so common that in my Japanese textbooks, for my we have Pochi as a character in it. <laughs> well, that's why I had you on this show, Bjorn. I also might be doing a bit of homework because I need to do kanji writing, so it's not too hard.
0: <laughs> so, how did you hear about this show, and what were your first impressions of it? Who wants to go first?
3: Oh,
1: I'll go first. So, I literally found this while living the neat life, cruising Netflix. Netflix, we're, at the time, we were starting to get man, anime, and I'm like, Oh, let me check this out. I like the color palette, like the name and the logo and stuff. It's a good-looking show. Oh, yeah. I it's... love the
0: color palette.
1: I tried to break it apart. So I tried really hard to break it apart, but I couldn't. It was impossible. So And then I'm like, oh, character designs are sweet. Plot is, well, Yu-Gi-Oh-esque. We'll get Brit to lightly. that. And then, and then <laughs> I want to see Netflix try to do something unique, but also quality- Something that I think they, I think that was the original intent, but it got spotty all the way up until the end. And by the second season, they were like, okay, this is what we should have done. This is what we can do better. Dialogue really improved in the second half, though. Jordan, your thoughts?
2: Well, I was looking for a new anime to watch on Netflix. Oh, there I am. Looking through Netflix, looking for something new to watch. I was kind of in a weird spot where I haven't watched anime in a while and I was wanting to get back into it. I saw it on Netflix. I said, this looks ridiculous. Passed it up. Somehow found the opening to it, watched that, and decided to give it a shot.
0: And what were your initial impressions of it?
2: These g- girls are really into gambling. A lot. You know, I get the feeling
0: that these girls really like gambling.
2: Essentially what was going through my mind. But um, what actually got me was, strange enough, the art style and their tendency to really animate expression. Which is something a lot of animes don't do. Like, mm. some of these facial expressions these characters would make was outright either creepy, disturbing, or, or just hilarious. Okay, so
3: I found this anime because I was aware of the marketing behind it. I was following about its first announcement that Netflix was... They, Netflix actually didn't make this show. They only paid for exclusive distribution rights for I the think, world.
0: I think that's what a lot of people sort of misunderstand. Netflix does not really make a lot of
3: their own original anime. They, they have never done it. Like, straight up. They have actually, never done it yet.
1: There's, there's There's a couple of that. There's a couple that they have done in-house, but... For a different show, probably.
3: Well, no, different discussion. But in terms of like paying for the all of the production themselves, no, they just pay a bunch of money towards like anyplex or a licensor and then they get the show and they're able to say, um, an Netflix original. But anyways, that's besides the point. But I was aware of the marketing, so I was aware of the. I watched the trailers as they were releasing them. I'm like, wow, this show looks freaking crazy. I was also at this time. They were also, I think it's Kodansha was pushing the comics, so I read a couple volumes of that. And then, and when I watched the anime, and also when I read the manga, I'm like, who the hell are these horny bitches? <laughs> 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 um, the shows great. I love it. Like because it, it was like unabashedly afraid to equate sex with gambling and the pleasure of gambling with sex. Like I really, really enjoyed that aspect of it. And then. A couple of years, I like, just binged it. Tried to catch up with the with the comic. The comics like com- goes completely different places from the anime. There are similarities, like the in the second season, the door, the death door thing is still there, but it's in a different spot. It's it's just really bizarre that that some of the stuff they changed, but it works for the anime. Um, and the second season, I actually didn't finish until like literally an hour ago. <laughs> Because I just got sidetracked of a bunch of other things in school, so I haven't been able to watch as much anime as I would like, or I just get started and I get distracted with something else. So, but yeah, I really enjoy this show. I like the direction, the art style, super great. Mappa really uh, carrying on that old madhouse spirit of just like going balls to the walls crazy with, what, with, with an aesthetic. Rather than trying to tell a coherent story at times, I kind of enjoy that.
0: Well, I, I messaged all of you guys with my feelings because, boy, were they complicated. Because when I first heard of Kakegurui, I had already heard about this other show. And when you're talking about gambling anime, and I'm gonna be bringing this show up a lot, so apologies in advance. You cannot talk about Kakegurui without talking about that other gambling anime, Kaiji. And I had already been aware of Kaiji, and I had already been aware of Kakegurui, but between the two, I watched Kaiji first because I had heard better things about Kaiji than Kakegurui. I watched the first season of Kaiji, and it blew me away. In fact, I feel that it spoiled me when it came to Kakegurui, because a lot of people that like kaiji, do not like kakegurui. At least that's the impression I've gotten from people I've talked to. So when I went in to watch kakegurui, I thought to myself, okay, it's not going to be like kaiji. You need to temper your expectations. It may be good, it may not be good, but you cannot constantly compare this to kaiji. So I went in with moderate expectations, I started watching it, and... Uh... just what is this show was my initial impression because it seems like Kakigurui was just all over the place with the story it was trying to tell and what it wanted to be like i don't exaggerate when i say this show made me uncomfortable the wrong kind of uncomfortable the other show i can compare kakegurui to and my friend uh, jack helped me with this one was prison school because prison school it's sort of a similar premise in that you have a high school with this bizarre quirk to it and puts our characters in these very uncomfortable situations but it uses them to its advantage It uses these uncomfortable bits with, like, the bit with the bottle or the arm wrestling scene to create tension, to help build on the characters, or to make the viewer laugh. With Kakegurui, it's just... What are you doing? I may sound like I'm being a negative Nancy here, but I'm going to be blunt. I did not hate this show. Season 1, I did not hate Kakegurui. In fact... I actually thought it was entertaining with how much of a car crash the first season is. I messaged another one of my Facebook friends, who is a future co-host for the show, and I said, It's like watching your girlfriend go out on the dance floor after she's had a few too many cocktails. You know that she's gonna fall on her ass, but you can't help but watch it. And then I watched season two, hoping the car crash would be even more graphic. But if season one was the car crash... Season two was the tow truck that ultimately cleared the wreckage. Cause I liked season two, but ultimately my feelings on Kakegurui are very, very mixed. And I can't remember the last time I watched an anime where I had these mixed emotions.
1: Well, but...
3: yeah, I, I don't know like how your structure of your show really fits. So one of the things I will say, like in terms of like criticism of Kakegurui, especially in its first season, it lacks a central focus into it where it's like it's really what it's like its main goal is and this is from like i just rewatched about six episodes of it um its main goal is to basically introduce like the student console like that's what its goal is mm-hmm. it's introducing the like the types of games that can be played the types of characters you'll see the ex- the somewhat extreme nature of the show is presented in in season one as that way which kind of hurts it because it is yeah it is all over the place in terms of like the type of tone it will go for at times and the type of other stuff but then in season two because it has a centralized story to it at that point it's much more focused and that's where it kind of shines and it feels like that's where the author really finally got his footing and finally got to tell the story he wanted to tell at that point I don't know I, I, I want to see more, honestly, because I want to see where the heck the story goes.
0: It's definitely a case of too much too soon with the first season. But speaking of the student council, shall we meet the characters? Oh, yeah. All right. Oh, so definitely. Before we get into the student council, we got to talk about our lead character, Yumiko Jabami. Who wants to start with Yumiko?
2: I absolutely love this character, to be frank. I like the way she gets into people's heads, just really breaks down their psyche, kind of brings them down to her whole insane level. Justin?
1: So, oh, I'll start with Yumiko. One part cold Trickle, another part Ryuka Matoy, another part just the embodiment of, I don't know, some sort of Bug Nuts Joker cartoon character type. Like their character design, I actually found her quite refreshing, and it ended up, I guess, easing me into the story a bit more. But oh boy, oh boy, I'm not, I'm not a deal with this one. I've never seen someone get so utterly into into the whole thing that just even by willpower and even the aura of her character, it accounts for a lot of her skill more than her ability to actually think and process her way through a situation, which I honestly wish the first season had been able to take advantage of more, but of course spent all their time sort of riding the hype train, because I think, um, what's his name, Ryota, Ethor sort of just gives up on trying to get her halfway through season one and becomes her cheerleader, and I can see why, because... Oh, the other person I was going to add in there was a little bit of Kamina because I liked her ability to sort of just carry the show from situation to situation, break it down for us in the audience while also honestly, effortlessly dismantles everybody in every other, everyone in the cast with such a plum. And pretty much going to end this with I bet she was a lot of fun to play, but also she she also found the limits of what i think is passable of like what i think is tolerable for the the classic heavy passion sounds
3: (laughs) put it lightly
0: uh well we'll we'll get to the dub uh in a bit uh jordan bjorn your thoughts
3: imiko as like a character i thought she was kind of i really liked her because like she was this kind of this unpredictable storm that would like come in and just kind of wreck everyone's shit and then like walk away with a happy smile on her face and as long as like you were like entertaining her in terms of like gambling and stuff like that and putting on a good show she liked you in that and she respected you for that and so in some ways she was like incredibly and very very simple like very simple character in terms of her likes and dislikes in terms of that but like this the way she w- will just go through a situation plow through turn around like look at the destruction she has and then keep on plowing through made me giggle all the time i really liked her for that but yeah but in terms of like every, anything else she's like not that complex of a character it's just that she's more like just unpredictable force of nature really which is what a lot of the characters tend to be in this show that's kind of it (laughs) all my thoughts on the character
0: (laughs) i don't know what to make of yumiko because i was at least expecting by the end of season two to know her a little better like what makes her tick just who is this yumiko jabami why does she like gambling i want to know more about her past etc but she's just this girl who is really happy all the time like really happy Really happy. Uncomfortably happy. Like Even her neutral expression, when she's not saying anything or standing perfectly still, her neutral stance makes me uncomfortable. I expect her to jump out of the TV and start chopping me up with an axe with that expression.
3: Uh, she reminded me a lot of a cat.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think...
0: I don't think a cat would hurt you that much as Yumiko does, but...
3: A big cat.
0: <laughs> that's like, my, you know. my issue with Yumiko, is that I still don't know who she is or what her deal is. Like, we know that she's really good at gambling, but just... Why? Because usually when you have an anime involving a game of sorts, whether it's Yu-Gi-Oh! or Hikaru no Go! or the aforementioned Kaiji... always get that inner monologue from our hero as to what they're going to do how they're deceiving their opponent but we
3: don't get that with yumiko it's just yumiko wins lol i think that's more of a a product of a different character being that like that type of character is generally put on i forget the sidekick's name the one who just is a kind of an idiot most of the time ryota yeah Ryota. So, yes, so Ryota, he is the one who he is the insert character for the audience. I was he about the to one say who, that. Cause... Yeah, he is the one who. That's his role in in the story. Yumiko, like I said, Yumiko's just a force of nature, and so because of that, the role of like the, the explainer, the one uh, char- the audience can relate to, is then forced into another character, and so from that perspective, you kind of can't expect that from her as a, as for the writing and stuff like that and there never will be because of the mystery of surrounding her is being kept from you all the time I haven't read more of the manga I do want to and since I'm basically going to be like really stuck in my house for the next two weeks I kind of will probably pick it up and read it because I want to know what happens and I don't know when or if more anime will be created because the anime industry is a fickle thing mm-hmm. um, but so I'm probably going to go through there and I'm pretty sure the answers are there and or if not done that would be kind of cool.
0: I I just feel like the lack of knowing who Yumiko really is it, is what hurts her character a bit. But you know what? She's more of a character than Ryota Suzui. Talk about a
2: non-entity.
0: Uh, I completely
2: forgot his name until season 2. You could I, tell him- I
0: He's one of those guys where you could take him out of the show and it would change nothing.
3: Exactly. Except that we yeah. lose a we, it, The only thing you would lose is a character explaining something, but you can always just get a different one. Like, that's why he's there. <laughs> the fact that he makes it into, like, the top, the running top ten <laughs> of like, How? The, the friggin'
2: presidential <laughs> Action. Oh it was, God. like, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Like, why is he there? Yes. <laughs>
3: Who
0: is he, Luigi? <laughs>
2: <laughs> On top of that, he had no screen time to like a gambling match, and somehow ended up there. And, uh, that's my favorite thing. It was like I he just pops up like how no go away. You know, if I'm, you're
3: not important enough.
1: get out of the way, get
0: He's just there. Used to be this anime YouTuber by the name of Scent. He doesn't do videos anymore, but ryota is yet another anime character out of and I quote. The deep cesspool of medium-length, dark-haired, high-school-looking good guys who somehow managed to amass a harem of girls around them for having character designs slightly more interesting than everybody else's.
2: <gasps> so, every isekai protagonist to ever exist. Every harem right.
0: protagonist to ever exist. Uh, uh, oh, boy, yeah. do I have
2: some seriousness to show
0: you. I <laughs> uh, am so, you could have taken out Ryota and replaced him with our next character, Mary Sautome. The typical rival girl who becomes a good guy. I liked her. Me too. She She's the most normal of all of the girls, if that makes any sense.
3: <laughs> like, like, of like, all the characters, she is the most human. <laughs> and and I think that's what makes her so endearing. I'm like, oh, you're trying. You get a pat on the back. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh! I've I have a bit to say about her, just a little bit. She's a she's a. I love. I love every other line from her. She truly was the best the best person Yumiko could have taken down. Too bad that happened so early on. Yeah. But, uh, she certainly does a better job of honestly getting me through the story than mid-range NHL slash slash NASCAR announcer Ryota. The Michael Cole of Kakegurui? Yes. (laughs) Yes. At first, I was actually kind of weirded out by the fact that someone had the audacity basically give her the name Mary. It took me a while to get past that, but um, honestly, she's so endearing and just sort of became her own unique entity in the show that I just stopped caring by season two. In fact, I was like, yes, Best girl showing up. It's it's all good now. Uh, Jordan, you have any thoughts on Mary?
2: It's not that I dislike her as a character. I just found her, I think it's because she was so normal. I just found her to be the least interesting, if that makes any sense.
0: I think it's her normalcy that makes me admire her because in a series full of sociopaths, she's at least somewhat endearing.
2: And that's a fair enough point. I don't hate her. I'm just very neutral to her character. I'd take her over Ryota any day.
0: Me too. And of course, the last of the allies, we've got Itsuki Sumeragi. I just put down the one with a foot fetish.
1: The one with the foot fetish who breaks her fingernails off.
0: Oh, God. I bite my fingernails. This is what I mean when the show makes me feel the wrong kind of uncomfortable.
1: Followed quickly by the one who got hit with the flanderizing stick, I think, in season two. Oh no, we'll we'll, we'll
0: get to her soon. But, but um it, It's amazing because she turns out to be pretty normal once you get beyond the foot fetish or fingernail fetish. Like seriously, what kind of fetish is that?
3: Like it's, a I co- it's a thing i've seen in other media from japan it's just like uh, whatever
0: <laughs> anybody have anything to say about itsuki
2: her nail ripping gave major ptsd to higurashi
0: still not as graphic as that one scene from spongebob SquarePants.
1: pants oh, oh. or ren and stimpy oh no you went there <laughs> you i went did there. Uh, she's trying
0: to be a member of the student council because she's a first year. Or something I don't know. I didn't find her subplot all that interesting. Mm-hmm. Like she just sort of gets lost in the shuffle along with a lot of the other characters in this show.
1: So many characters end up getting lost that I'm actually almost going to say we should do a list of how many characters didn't end up getting buried at some point in the show because there are a lot of them that sort of came and went.
0: So, every hero needs a villain, and we gotta talk about the student council president, because of course she's the villain, or so we think. Kirai Momobami. I don't get her.
1: Me neither. Straight up.
0: I, I understand she's supposed to be the villain, but she lacks that aura of menace. Like, I don't buy that she's truly evil for a second. Like, she created the gambling system that the school has in place... But, like, what's her end game? What's her motivation? Like, she's not really exploiting anybody. I mean, sure, it's a system, and she's on top of it, but she's not cruel. She doesn't abuse anybody. She just happens to be overseeing this oppressive system of governance. She's cynical, sure, but that's not necessarily evil. Mr. Tonagawa was evil. Maximilian Pegasus was evil. The underground student council from prison school was evil. Kirai was, is not evil, at least in my eyes.
3: Well, I don't really see her as evil. I just see her as an just an antagonist, just like someone who is blocking mainly like an end goal for Kumiko. Like she isn't there to really like be an evil or opposing force. It's more of like she is the goal that the main character kind of wants to obtain and like basically and like the character like literally flaps out states that multiple times so i just want to gamble you
0: <laughs> that's she, it and i'm pretty sure that if she loses she gets to be the dom mm, I don't know. because she's um, a. am almost certain she's a flaming lesbian
1: almost certain she is yeah that, she's a lesbian pretty explicit She's a lesbian who skimped out on the off-putting gene for being a
2: cartoon villain.
0: We'll, we'll get to the I cartoon villain, huh? one girl down. Jordan?
2: I ended up actually really liking this character. Because her motivations are just extremely simple. She just wants to be entertained. And she'll go any routes to make sure that she's entertained. She has no care for anything, no care for her family structure or standing she just wants to have a good time in that sense she's very similar to yumiko in that work that's why i liked how the two characters kind of bounced off each other because while their personalities were extremely different their motives were essentially the same thing they're looking for that rush just chasing that thing that excites them and they just keep going at it no matter the cost
0: the thing with kirai though is that she's not abusive yeah, the system she has in place is oppressive, but she's not exploiting people like Mr. Tone... Again, I-, I hate to keep bringing up Mr. Tonegawa, but I'm gonna bring him up. She's not Mr. Tonegawa from Kaiji, who is exploiting the weak and the downtrodden to his own entertainment. Because all the students at Chikao Academy are privileged rich kids. Let's just get that out of the way right now. These aren't people who are down on their luck or who are doing anything for money. They're all from rich families in Japan, and I'm like, you're not trying to extort them. What's the matter? What did they do to you? Did they insult your family? Did one who claimed they had more money than you rub it in your face or something? Like, why are you the way you are, Kirai? Kirari, excuse me.
2: I would like to see the reason as to why she is the way she is, but again, I just love the really simple... Notion of her just wanting to be entertained. It's very I interesting to have the antagonist share kind of the sameish goal as the protagonist. I, I think that's all
3: it really is. That's how her motivation is, and like I don't see the need for her to be this evil, evil th- person. Like the fact that she's entertained will. In a, in very many ways, like give her an amoral like objective, like oh, I want to be entertained, so I'm going to do this thing. Sure, people are going to like get hurt by it or hurt by the system, but like hey, I I can get pleasure from this for myself. She's a very like in the, in a way, she's a very selfish person. In fact, most of the people in this stupid show are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when but, I get um, to my
0: uh, thoughts on the first season
3: but but like i don't see her as i don't see her the need for her to be evil like the fact that she's like this a kind of this amoral selfish person is enough to like push the story forward like well why is she doing this thing well she's doing it for cuz she's going to get like entertainment out of it and our characters also have goals that, that align with her being entertained like okay i can get behind that that's a, that's simple enough that you can create a story out of i I just personally don't see the need for her to be this evil entity. Like when I find an amoral character to be way more entertaining, not entertaining, but more mysterious, like, like, why is she doing this? Like, these are good questions. Like why is she doing this? I don't have the answer, but I find that the fact that we have those questions to be way more entertaining. Like, is it because of her family? Is it because of this other stuff? Like there's a lot of speculation, but no answers. And I really enjoy that.
0: Mm. I think we've pretty much said everything we have to say about Kirari. She also has the vice president that has a similar hair color to her, but wears a hockey goalie mask that she probably nicked from Rogi Vashon. There's your 300 IQ hockey reference there. Gee, I wonder who that could be. It's
3: not a no mask.
0: I believe Tetsuya Naito wore a mask like that when he first debuted with lij
3: yeah i don't i don't think it's a i'm trying to like because it's very similar to it no looks theater like the masks,
0: masks. For, it looks like the masks from uh super mario brothers 2 that would chase you when you stole the key
3: oh shy guys
0: no 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 not the shy guy mask in super mario brothers 2 if you steal a key from one of the jars like these evil static masks will come to life and start chasing you throughout the level mm.
3: I think that's that mask is a reference to something. It might has an to do with no, the no theater, which is Japan's like oldest theater tradition. So that's probably where that mask comes from. I don't know. Like there's like over a hundred different masks for for no. So I I don't know all of them. So
1: yeah. it's definitely a theater reference. Also. <laughs> Also, fun. you should mention when you said hockey mask, because I immediately thought of Jason Voorhees for some reason.
0: <laughs> well, Jason's mask didn't have a mouth. I'm talking about hockey masks with a mouth, and perhaps the most famous one I can think of is either Jacques Plante in 1959 or Hockey Hall of Famer from the 70s, Rogi Vachon. So I think that's it for Kirari and her confidant. Let's move on to the rest of the student council. First up is Yuriko Nishintoin. That's enough about Eureka. She just comes and goes.
1: <laughs> exactly. Shows up.
0: She also has the same disease that Brock has from Pokemon. Oh, no. oh, I
3: liked her. I liked her. I liked her setting. I liked the um the presentation of of the game they were in. Um, yeah, I liked the game. There, there there was
2: a lot they were doing with that, but we can talk about that later. Jordan. I kind of, again, one of those other characters I forgot about, and then when they popped up in season two, I was like, oh, hey, you exist, outside that one episode, that's right.
0: Not the worst use of a supporting cast I have seen. I'll say that much.
2: Definitely not.
0: Yuriko at least has screen presence, they just don't use her. But I'll tell you one that they do use a lot, the worst girl,
1: Midari
0: Ikishima. (laughs)
1: Where do I start with this one? You
0: can't spell Ikishima without Ikki. The best way I can describe her, it's like if you merged Sawyer the Cleaner from Black Lagoon and Valmet from Jormungand and then got that character addicted to meth. <laughs> uh... <laughs> like, she's just got this gothic getup to her and she has piercings.
1: Freaking everywhere. Like,. She... She's oh my
0: even, God! She's even got a pierced tongue, and you know what Chris Rock says about
1: girls with pierced tongues? Oh man, I, I don't know that standup upset. I if, a, <laughs>
0: if a girl has a pierced tongue, she'll probably suck your dick.
1: Or in this case, oh, I, can I say that on the? Or can I say this on the internet? Or in this case, just suck Yumiko's tits. Since so that's <laughs> all she really wants to do at the end of the day. Well, you she know,
3: Felicia uses the gun a lot. <laughs> you know, I oh, wonder. I mean, like, <laughs> like, Considering oh, clear... how unsick.
2: Like, the... Oh my god! It was like, one, at the time, clarity, one at a time. One at a was...
3: time. It was just the clearest um, phallic imagery I've seen in a while. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's <laughs> what it was. It was just, it was just a phallus. Like that was the that was the that's the purpose of that gun. <laughs> considering
1: that's exactly how what I'd unstable say it. she
0: ironic. is, sorry.
1: Oh, which is ironic, considering that she spent oh my god she spent so much time on screen just getting a house for you, Liko. so I'm like. Oh, it actually was the most off-putting bit of the sh- of the anime for me because it's like it's something you bring up like maybe one or two episodes, but to keep that going past, oh. it's an exercise in the audience's patience. To put it lightly. I
3: don't know, but I like, enjoyed that character.
0: You know, considering <laughs> considering how unstable she is. It's a wonder that she even got on the student council. Exactly. Like, how many dicks did she have to suck to get on the student council?
3: More.
1: Probably more than there are episodes in the show.
3: I'm pretty sure that kid on. Zero, because, like, how many guys are on there? (laughs) (laughs) But think of how many
1: guys are hard the school, though.
3: No, like, the only way, like, I would say that that's a very inaccurate tone of the show, that that would be... It's more of the fact that like everyone on the student console is in fact a gambler of some sort, and so she must have been a really good gambler.
0: I'm just picturing Kirari looking at her and going, "Okay, Midari, how many dicks did you suck this week?" And Midari just
1: goes, "Yes." <laughs> yeah, that's basically. That's a pretty good summary of Midari. Also, um, she
0: carries this revolver around her, yes. around with her everywhere. And every time she pulls it out,
1: I go, this isn't going to end well. <laughs> exactly. I've spent most of the show I'm just amazed- waiting for that.
0: I'm amazed that they even allow her on the school with that gun. Exactly. She's a school shooter waiting to happen.
1: She's li- she's literally the... Oh my gosh, I'm about to make a bad reference right here. All you can think about is pumped up kicks in the anime world just one nah,
0: not that intense.
1: Oh good. But I'm like one bad I'm I found myself but I'm just thinking one bad time. So one said like one bad day, you all are going to die and this is how ha- and this is how it happens. Everybody there dies because you got because you all were crazy enough to let the one girl with a loaded gun Just walk around with it. And no one said anything. I don't know, man. I don't know. She also spends a lot of her
0: time, you know, in the bathroom, sucking, I mean, trying to off herself. Because it's going to happen one of these in one chapter. She's going to put that gun to her head. She's going to blow her brains out. Somebody's going to report back to Kirari that she killed herself. And Kirari's just going to go, oh, that's a shame.
1: Or that took long enough.
0: <laughs> Finally, oh, oh, Madari. I showed a picture of her to an, to the same girl I was talking about earlier, and her immediate response was, "That's the worst ahegao I have ever seen." <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh. Oh. oh man,
0: it's ah, oh,
2: worst yeah. girl. Anytime she was on screen, I was just visibly uncomfortable same here like like, uh just something just about it just does not sit well i just feel disgusting just watching her just again rampant
0: the wrong kind of uncomfortable yeah Uh, (sighs) speaking of
1: makes me uncomfortable
0: i'm gonna have to look this up i expected worse speaking of worst girls let's talk about runa yomozaki Actually, I have written down three points about her. Literally Umaru. Literally Umaru. Literally Umaru. And I hate her not because she is clearly meant to be a ripoff of Umaru, but rather, she reminds me that I should be watching Umaru instead of this. I mean, Umaru may be trash, but her show isn't. I liked Umaru-chan.
3: Oh, I hated that show. Off-putting,
0: God,
1: Umaru. Off-putting Umaru. Off-putting Umaru. Walmart, <laughs> Walmart, everybody. Walmart. Great all the great value, Umaru. Yes.
0: Jordan?
2: My only thoughts is FBI open up. That was pretty much all only <laughs> thoughts. Yeah, she's, she's two, meant to... But, uh following that i found her like dedication to true neutrality in season two very interesting
0: of course they introduce other umpires to basically say we're not ripping off umaru because their kigurumis that they have are the equivalent of a referee's uniform and i go no you're ripping off umaru
3: bjorn i don't know like that type of like a character stuff is actually pretty common for fashion stuff in japan Uh. It's a, it's, just, it's an over-exaggeration of a particular style of fashion. Um, with, like, the mm-hmm. girls wearing these big, giant, oversized coats. Um, so, it's really what it is. is like, making fun of that.
0: Then we have Yumemi, Yumemite, the idol singer. Pretty much your typical nice to all her fans, but she secretly hates them behind her
1: back. Somehow manages to offend both the actual audience... And I guess the 2D audience, but still pretty much plays a subversive, idol character pretty straight.
0: Uh, it's more a case of with her character, it's just sort of a been there, done that.
2: Still better yeah. than Midari. <laughs>
0: discount. What is
2: Midari. Discount. Discount Risei Kujikawa. Pretty much all I had going through my head on that one.
3: I have no thoughts, really. Okay, and finally...
0: We have the dude, Kaede Manuda, the guy who actually suffers any consequences in the first season. Simply because he tried to stage a coup with the student council, I don't have much to say about him.
1: Surprising amount of passion for a guy that I had a feeling later on was going to end up being a one-scene wonder. And I was pretty much proven right by the end of the first season. Because he sort of just disappears right after his big big ol' showdown with Yumiko.
0: I am happy that they at least brought him back. But again, very much like Yuriko, he's there, and then he's gone. Yeah. 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 So I think that's pretty much it for all the characters. So, yeah, let's go through season one. And as I said, my problem's... With season one, as you said, it's very much too much too soon. Of course, the dirty secret about Kakegurui is that it links gambling to sex, because there are a lot, and I mean a lot, of ahegao faces in this show. Like, you could make an ahegao t-shirt out of all the faces that you see in Kakegurui.
1: I was going to say that you can make an Ahegao driveway from oh, all these spaces.
2: Oh, God, no! <laughs> no! Okay, I'll give you that
0: one. That one's pretty good. <laughs> and for those of you who are wondering, no, I don't own an Ahegao t-shirt because I'm not a fucking idiot. Mhm. But problem that I had with season one of Kakegurui, and you touched upon this, Bjorn, it's that In addition to being unfocused, it just doesn't seem like there's anything that's at stake. We're just seeing them gamble for the sake of seeing them gamble. Like, there's no real end goal. It's just, hey, watch Yumiko play a game against these thirsty psycho bitches or something.
3: Yeah, and that that is something I would criticize the first season for. It takes too long (laughs) to go through everything.
0: Really? Because I think it could have been longer.
3: No, it it does take too long to go through. Like a lot of a lot of the episodes, like when I was watching, i was surprised about how many of them, of uh, the situations and the gambling stuff, were split between two episodes. Like it takes really? over half the season to get to the um, uh, shoot, I forgot her name already. The g- gun girl. It takes, oh, Midari. Uh, <laughs> Midari. 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 Yeah. Uh,
0: I'll uh, never she, forget Madari man. Uh-huh. I am tempted to make that image of her sitting on the toilet holding the gun the thumbnail for this it, well
3: Seriously. yeah she um like that takes two whole episodes, like the setup for it and the and the beginning of the, of the game like literally take like one episode and then the rest of the development and then the twists and the conclusion yeah. all and then happen in the very next one like it, it's it's like that for a lot of them it's like it they could have like i would have liked them to sped it up or cut like one of the characters completely because it was just taking too long
0: i would have cut the whole uh, poker game to be honest
1: exactly
0: like the guy we don't see him again the guy who loses that one he's just he's a nobody and again this sort of goes back to what i said about kirari like outside of midari i don't buy the members of the student council as being evil And this is the third series that I had in mind when I was watching Kakegurui and my complaints about there being no stakes. The other parallel I can draw it to is Yu-Gi-Oh! Season Zero. Because even if Yami was going to win every Shadow game that he played, it was at least cathartic seeing the person who he played lose the duel because the people that got involved in the Shadow Games were legitimately terrible people. Like, they were bullies, or criminals, or trying to extort people, etc. I don't buy the student council members, outside of the one I've mentioned a dozen times, as being evil, just an impediment.
1: Yeah, it's generally a good take. You got a lot of comers and goers, and I, I feel like they, in the middle of all the plot threads that come and went. They tried too hard to set up the Student Council, sort of this all knowing, vaguely evil ringmaster, if you will. But I think I know halfway through I'm just like, okay, can we stick to that please? I want to know more about both why Yumiko's there and is just wrecking this and is single handedly wrecking the system basically. And what both what the Student Council are going to do and why they put the thing together in the first place.
0: And that's sort of the other problem I have, is that the games... We're saying that the games change the members of the student council. How? Why? In season one, the games are just psychotic lesbian bitches. (laughs) Psychotic lesbian bitches
1: having dick measuring contests. That was actually... That's pretty much... I thought was basically the entire premise until they started to get their act together.
2: Yeah, but then, the, the, but by then they
1: just went back to
0: it. Jordan,
2: Bjorn, you guys agree? I think season one, just in general, that lack of focus is what kills it. The pacing is also horrendous. Now that was brought up. Yeah. A lot of those uh, resolutions to the games took two episodes when they had no business doing so. And like, like, yes. Yeah, so that would be like my criticism of it is, it's like, if some
3: of this stuff takes as long. But what I do like in the first season, whoops, the direction on it is really good. Like the how oh, the yeah. scenes are done, uh, the the way the way stuff is. I'm sorry, I'm also production dude here. <laughs> the way that that stuff is done is like really, 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 really well done. And like, it's incredibly entertaining to watch these like what are ultimately like nonsensical like matches going on as i said dick measuring contests well it's more of like that i wouldn't describe it as that it's more of like like a flex than than that and it's just like the way that that stuff is presented especially um with the uh culture club that was one of my favorite ones um a lot of it has to do with how they are framing the characters with um Okay, this is really nerdy. With uh, with two different no masks, they have a lady Owie mask and then the uh, the demon mask that Lady Owie turns into. And they were comparing, conflating shots and cut with that, and that was super cool and super fun to watch. All of the other stuff, I just found the the like the even though like I was like kind of getting frustrated at like how long it was taking, I was never bored. I would say like, with how, like, the, the, how it was presented, because it was presented so well, and it's like, oh, we know, like, this is gonna take a while, but it was presented to, like, overplay the, what is going on, and I really enjoyed that type of stuff, and so that's why I really liked the first season, even though I have issues with it.
0: I think that's sort of what kept me from hating Kakegurui, like, it doesn't rest on its laurels, it goes balls out. Again, the direction, the uncomfortable faces, the presentation, the aesthetics... Like, even if season one is very much a car crash.
3: I, I That's, like, one of the things, like, I really enjoy Yeah, enjoy it about it. Like, also, like, um, one of the things that, like, it's constantly done is they equate the feelings of ecstasy and the feelings of, like, what the characters are going through, and especially, like, anger and power. They equate it with animals in terms of the... They draw the eyes to look like goats, <laughs>
0: Ugh. I didn't oh. catch on to that. Um, and
3: so I it was only something I caught on to the second time. I that might be something to do with um some Buddhist themes that, are, that might have be pushed in. Um because like animals are seen as lower on the karmic scale, so by equating them with goats, you're like basically equating with these desires as being very unpure. <laughs> <It was> something <laughs> I picked up on, on my second watch. <laughs> uh... There's nobody pure in this show. I know, which is why... There's nobody that we
0: need to protect.
3: Which is why everyone gets that at some point. (laughs) It's literally every character. It's really disturbing. Especially once you notice it, it, you can't not notice it anymore.
0: Uh. Speaking of uh, car crashes, there's also that stupid final episode that was anime original (laughs) and wholly unnecessary and can be skipped over. I'm not going to spoil too much of it, but it just ultimately ends on the incredibly dumb note of, well, I guess the real gambling was all the friends we made along the way.
3: Yeah, it was more like a <laughs> one way I put
0: it. Going through season one, it's just, okay, that's fun. Now where's the real show?
1: Yeah, really.
0: I will say this also about Ka- season one of Kakegurui. I love the opening.
1: The opening um, is oh such a smart it's, opening and I'd even say a smart beautiful. ending it's um,
3: beautiful the, absolutely the love ending the is like is one of my the opening is one of my favorites um i
2: really the, enjoy that opening
0: one of the best of the decade
2: uh-huh. oh yeah just very artsy just jazz themed absolutely loved it gave me some bacano vibes
3: mm-hmm. oh exactly oh and that, oh, that's why I, know I why I like it, it so much it was directed, yeah. it was a storyboarded by Sayo Yamamoto, the director oh,
1: of. That's amazing! I did Whoa. not
3: read that! Thank you so that. much! Oh. I'm literally season... just staring at the ANN page. I'm like, who did that? Oh, Sayo Yamamoto! I <laughs> wonder why it's so good!
0: <laughs> and then uh, season two's opening isn't as good, but oh. it's okay if you've got a Vor fetish.
1: That makes it a right, I guess.
0: The ending to season one, though, is perhaps the most uncomfortable anime E.D. I've seen since the Queen's Blade OAV.
2: Oh, no. Thank God, God Netflix hacked it out.
0: You watch it long enough. Uh, <laughs> it, like with Queen's Blade, it just shoves it right in your face and all that stuff. But at least Queen's Blade is being honest about what it's doing. Like the best way I can describe the Queen's Blade OAV ending, the Queen's Blade Beautiful Fighters is the name of it. It's basically a reverse striptease.
3: That's cool.
0: But the ending for Kakegurui, it's just, we see Yumiko walking
3: seductively. We No, we uh, see Yumiko's breasts is what we see. And, it's like and her
0: thighs with 4K, a panty 4K shot.
3: 4K no, no, breasts. 4K
0: no, no, please keep shoving those boobs in my face. I didn't want to breathe anyway. Exactly. Yeah,
3: like- kill me now, please. <laughs>
1: Kill me and my subscription, sure.
0: It's also got a good soundtrack by uh, the Techno Boys Polecraft Green Fund. That is the, actually the name of the artist. Uh, they did Witchcraft Works and Trinity 7, among other things. Oh, Fate and I believe they also did.
2: Mm. Ooh, uh, uh, I'm not going to lie, I thought a lot of the uh, background music was very forgettable in this. Like, none of these I songs are going to go out of my way to listen to, outside of the ending and the opening. Oh, I yeah,
0: I, I've got the ending and opening on regular rotation on my Spotify playlist and on my iPod, because that's all I listen to on my iPod.
2: I'm with you there, brother.
1: Halfway through, I was like, what background music? Personally? Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, I just came off of reviewing Keshan and you thought this show had forgettable background
1: music? Mm-hmm. There's a bunch of shows out there with really forgettable background music. One that springs to mind.
0: Most of them is actually...
1: by Hiroyuki Sawano. Mm. One of them that springs to mind was completely forgettable background music is actually Konosuba of all things. I love that show, but background music ain't its strong point. Did you guys watch the dub?
3: No. I did. I did. I did. Oh no. <laughs> I, I did not. <laughs> I, it's okay. I it's, I,
0: it, it's just the performances on the Japanese side are just so much better. And I don't want to say that the English dub is bad. It's not. It's actually really good. Erica Harlacker does a great job as Yumiko, but compared to the Japanese side where everybody's just overacting to the point of parody. They're well,
2: hamming it, it up, and I like it. It's similar to JoJo's in that regard. Like, where the dub for JoJo's is good, the sub is just its own completely different beast like you can't capture the same sort of ferocity and excitement in english i feel
0: i think that's sort of the problem anime dubs have and this isn't a new thing it's been going on for a while when you're dubbing a show that's over the top like this the jap the english actors just can't match that energy they come close but not close enough
3: yeah. Oh, I have a completely reason why, a different reason why I don't watch dubs.
0: <laughs> I'm just gonna say I miss the days when dubs were awful and leave it at that. Some notable names on this side. We have Saori Hayami in the lead as Yumiko, who gives the performance of a lifetime. Perhaps her most well-known role, at least recently, she was Ryu Lion in Is It Wrong to Pick Up
1: Girls in a Dungeon. Among many, many, many other things.
0: Kirari is voiced by Miyuki Sawashiro. Uh, she's Celty in Dorarara. Uh, Maria Issei plays Midari. She was Kilua in Hunter x Hunter. And Kaede is voiced by Tomokazu Sugita. He's got a lot of roles to his name, but his most famous being Sakata Gintoki from Gintama.
1: Oh, I wanted to say a couple of things about the dub for our non-dub people. We had a lot of cases where people I think were underutilized for the most part. My most glaring one, I'd say, is Eric Mendez as Itsuki. Itsuki is definitely not your typical Erica Mendez character and it showed a lot of the time. Not because um I may be a bit biased by this since she of course sounds a whole lot different in real life if everyone was if anyone was at Katsukon this year. Well, she played Nico in Love Live. Nico is a completely different animal for the positive compared to Itsuki. I felt like Itsuki could have been I don't know because Itsuki's not really in the thick of the show half the time, and quite frankly, when I was, uh, it took me a while to sort of pick up on this, but ended up being kind of a shame because it was only when Itsuki could cut loose that both that Erica I felt was at her best. And of course, I will say, special shout out I think goes to the guy who played Ryota. I keep forgetting his name because Netflix doesn't have English credits. They do.
3: They do. They do. Dang. They, yeah, you they, have. Yeah, you have to. Like when you are watching a bunch of stuff on Netflix, it's generally after the ending credit sequence. They have a long list of like every single dub they produced for it. Ah,
1: they bury them deep for the end of season too. Yeah, they do. That. Griffin Burns, yeah, like, Griffin he, Burns uh, played
0: Ryota. He's also a Kieran Devilman crybaby.
1: Wow, you can hardly tell because he's. A, I definitely put him in the basket of underutilized. The good news is he did a good job of portraying our perpetual middle-rent Walmart cheapo announcer dude. I definitely put him in the basket of underutilized because he made me want to legit listen to, like, the Beach Boys or something every time he got a monologue going, which I think is saying something. But also, easily the best person to dub. I'm going to say definitely for sure Erica Harlacher is Yumiko.
0: Oh yeah, Erica Harlacher's great in whatever she does.
1: Over a little bit overdone on the whole, aroused sexy voice.
0: Well, you have to, you have to for this sort of yeah. show. Otherwise,
2: it just comes yeah. Off I as think she bad. nailed it in terms of that, and that's one thing I really did enjoy about the double Yumiko's voice.
0: On a side note, I had no idea that she was in Yu-Gi-Oh! The abridged wait, I was is not either. Yeah, she was a Rebecca when they dubbed the Waking the Dragons. Wow.
1: What? No, (laughs) no,
0: no, 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 no. What? Wow, what? I'm not kidding. Look it up. One last thing I want to mention. A lot of the voice actors on the Japanese side, some of them are relative newcomers. That's
1: refreshing, actually.
0: Going on to season two of Kakegurui. As I said, if season one of Kakegurui is a car crash... Season 2 is the tow truck that clears the wreckage. I liked Season 2 a lot more than Season 1, and that's because they actually had tension. They had stakes <laughs> with the introduction of the many Bomby families.
3: Yeah, the, the many members of the Bomby clan.
0: Even though a lot of them get underutilized.
3: That's because it stopped partway through. I don't know how far it got into the arc.
0: Yeah, because they started with the student council election when all of a sudden they realized... Oh, crap!
3: We need to adapt the Tower of Doors game! They threw that in there, which... (laughs) Which, like, they could have just skipped over. I would have been fine with that.
0: I gotta say, though, I liked the Tower of Doors. It was my favorite game in the whole thing, but that's because I am a fan of the Zero Escape games. Mm. And it reminded me a lot of that. Even if it was, you know, your typical Yumiko Wins, lol, ending.
1: you say try that...
0: (laughs) We also get an anime original character with Ray, who I'm 100% certain was meant to be non-binary. But that's just me.
1: Uh, I'm 90% sure that that's the case, but mostly because it's Netflix.
3: Maybe he's Netflix, just Netflix, they had maybe, no control at any decisions the Japanese made. They aren't on the um, committee. Uh, maybe
0: she's just there as a rejected Takarazuka performer. No, but I wouldn't, for those who don't I wouldn't know, say
3: that either. I think it's more of of like the plotting device around it of like like yeah. giving her the ability to act as like a both a man and a woman allowed her to like garner in terms of like the plotting of it it allowed her to garner like votes from the female like a lot of the female, like, members of the school, which becomes mm. important because, they, like, they, they're constantly showing them, like, him, like, her, sorry, her, like, basically showing her, like, being, like, having all these females infatuated. <laughs> 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 and so, because, oh like, how, how, did all, how did you get all these votes? Well... <laughs> I see. Love... Charisma. <laughs> I am so oh god like, it's a it's a pretty decent like way of like of like having that <laughs> plot build up and also like for an anime original character he's harmless
0: like, like, no, she's harmless i
3: oh no damn it's it. fine i thought i thought like, harmless. The, most of the thing but no like it's what a polite young man she was yep oh <laughs> it's uh it's fine it, like they, they handled it well they did a good job with it they didn't give like really gross reasons like some shows do which i was happy about and just like oh cool awesome
0: i also feel that she didn't take too much away from the rest of the characters not that the Bombie family say for a few members are all that memorable because they suffer the same fate as the student council in that they play a game And you don't
1: really hear from them the rest of the show.
0: They're
3: very—it's a problem the show has. Its cast is
1: too large. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Not the not the most crowded cast I've ever seen. I mean, like we're not doing rah-rah-rah here, (laughs) but like. We're not oh. Jormungand,
2: that's the worst. Well, at least Sorara, like, fleshed out its characters to a certain yeah. degree. It's just a shame in Kakiguri. We just, just due to the story structure and just the amount of episodes, we really just don't get yeah. to sit down and resonate yeah, with these I, characters. I, I, w- which
0: is I would love to see the cast play the other games and just to see what goes ins- on inside their minds, why they play the way they do. With Yumiko, I complained earlier that we don't know what makes her tick, But considering that the other student council members are not the main character, I want to get inside their heads.
3: Uh Pretty much this. Yeah, I don't think the, the person who's writing it really cares about their characters, judging by the way they're doing it. I think they care more about making different situations and making these incredibly mundane games to these extraordinary heights. I think that's what he's more focused on it's more focused on the spectacle than anything else which generally i don't like that (laughs) but for some reason like if they're doing it in a way that i enjoy so i'm kind of like as i said
0: as i said it's a car crash like you don't go to kakegurui for any biting social commentary or tense character moments you go for it for the ridiculousness of it all i think that's why my feelings for it are so mixed basically like it, it i wanted it to do more but it's too focused on just putting these girls in situations that make them aroused or something
3: yeah because that's it's kind of like that way i would say putting the comparing to like something like prison school is a little bit more apt it's yeah, it's not
0: i my friend made the same comparison which is where i got yeah, it yeah it's, it's
3: more in it's more in line with something like prison school than it ever is with like kaiji um, even though i've never seen but kaiji like, i've heard about it i i need to watch it at some point you
0: you but um you should all watch Kai I have, G. it's I really have, good like, so
3: much i need to watch but like yeah, it's it's the... fun to, like that put them into a situation and then just try to amp it up or like not necessarily amp it up but try to focus on one particular aspect of it and like make that the most extreme aspect of it and that's kind of why I like it, cause it's it's more focus. It's cause it does have a focus. It's just focus on something different than what you would typically like out of a show, Nate. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just...
0: like I'm not that hard to impress or entertain. Like if a show has a unique quality to it, if the characters are likable, if the story is at least fun. I'll watch it. The last two things I reviewed were The Fantastic Adventure of Yoko Leida and the original Kashan from 1973. And those stories are as simplistic as you can get. And they may not be anything special by today's standards, but you can go back and watch them and they're extremely enjoyable. Like, nobody's gonna say that... Nobody's gonna say that the original Kashan is an all-time classic, but it's still plenty enjoyable. But with Kakegurui, it's just... I couldn't really get a gauge on what the show is i feel the positives at least in season two outweigh the negatives but it's just kind of eh for me
2: it's kind of like a filler show i suppose it's something i'd watch like when there's nothing else or something that catches again, my attention
0: again car crash yeah world's craziest police chases the attitude era
2: yeah and it's just in that regard that's why i enjoyed it I, it doesn't try to be anything that it it's a fun ride And I think that's just enough for me to, you know, just like it as is. If I didn't like it, I I, wouldn't have finished it all the way through. I think
0: that's pretty much what keeps me from hating Kakegurui is that it at least has its unique identity. It doesn't try and glom off the success of other shows like, say, some of the stuff from A1 Pictures. But it's just confused. It's a confusing show in terms of what it wants to be like sometimes it's trying to be deathly serious other times it borders on the realm of self-parody flatulent is the word i would use but prison school is also flatulent but that one i like more than kakegurui because it knew what it was doing with kakegurui just sits uncomfortably in the middle between deathly serious
3: and also when you're talking about something like a prison school that manga was like literally made as like a guy who was super angry about his other two manga not doing well. And so he made it like, like like oh, I'm like putting out this like smart sci-fi thing. He said, I'm put out the smart sci-fi thing. And like, it goes nowhere. And he's like, fine, I'll put out something really gross he... and disgusting. <laughs> and that's <stupidity laughs> really And what's funny is that he has another manga out and it's just as gross as in School. <laughs>
2: just as hey, gross Don't knock Akira Hiromoto oh my gosh don't
0: knock akira hiramoto he made me and the devil blues
2: which is
1: also getting an anime i think
0: no you're thinking of something else yeah akira hiramoto made a manga all about blues legend robert johnson and i highly doubt it's gross and disgusting
3: yeah and it is also mad out of print yeah like like he went out of his way to make like some stuff he thought was thoughtful it was like higher art and it just didn't sell and then he just makes prison school and he's like and it's like the <laughs> like, <just> runaway success
0: <laughs>
3: I would say he's
0: the manga version of GG Allen but I think that comparison is way too harsh mm. but I think we've gotten off track here so my final thoughts on Kakegurui as I said throughout the show it's a car crash it's all spectacle You don't watch Kakegurui for any biting social commentary, deep characterizations, or epic storytelling. You go for it just for the sheer ridiculousness of it all. And I think that's both to its strength and to its detriment. Because, again, it just sits in this uncomfortable middle ground. Like a streaker running across the football pitch in nothing but their underpants trying to get the crowd riled up and cause controversy but is also taking away from people's enjoyment of the game. I wouldn't even say that it's average. I wouldn't even say it's mediocre because there was no point in Kakegurui where I was bored. I was entertained by just how ridiculous it got, but I don't want to say that it's a great show.
1: That's pretty much how I put it. I'm just going to come out and say it's above average, unique pitch and a unique style, but it jumps around a bit and doesn't quite deliver on it writes a lot of checks that it can't cash in my opinion but uh, it's a good way to kill time and um and for that I'd, i would definitely recommend it if you're if you really want a show that can kill time this'll do it this'll do it really good
3: oh um, yeah, man i guess i can go next um i don't know i I enjoy the show. I would like to see more of it for me, because kind of like rests in this like thing of where I know what it is. It's <laughs> like and so I can just like sit down and watch it. I don't. Know. I, I personally enjoy it. It's it's very well produced. It's very well directed. And I just would like them to do more with it.
2: Yeah, for uh, a I. Uh, it's a show that makes me divide my critical eye with my personal enjoyment eye. This show, I know it's not the greatest anime, and it never will be. I think it's critically above average but for my own personal enjoyment I just love the roller coaster it was on how just its visuals were great the sound effects they used to go with those just horrid e- expressions. it was just a uh, entertaining show. I would like to see more of it and it's definitely some of the better anime I've watched recently. All
0: right so that's gonna do it for this installment of the Otaku Nate show. <laughs> next time we're going back from the end of the decade to the beginning of the decade to take a look at one of the most hyped shows of the 2010s a show that was destined to be the next crossover hit here in america anime's first take on western superheroes it was set to become the next big thing and then it wasn't what happened i asked myself well we're going to find out next time when we suit up to take a look at 2011's Tiger and Bunny. So until then, this is Otaku Nate.
1: And this is Justin Young. This is Bjorn. This
0: is Jordan. Thanks for having me out. And we're signing off and saying, I want to gamble
3: more and more.